Hi, and welcome to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed, the no BS hustle-free podcast for business owners who outsource or provide outsourcing services. I'm your host, Rosie Shiloh, virtual assistant advocate and owner of Virtually Yours, the virtual assistant network. Let's get started. To be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to this episode of Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed, where we've got the very serious professional Derek Ryan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he couldn't even hold it for longer than ten. No, I could. Hang on, I'll do my serious face. Yeah, do it, do it. Mm. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> I've got, I've got three photos mm. from, from for, for when I, I sent you the serious. Yes. Train. Sultan photo. Yes. But I've also got the smiling corporate facilitator photo. Yeah. And the serious music theatre writing artist photo, which is more like sucking. The blue steel one. Yes, very blue steel. <laughs> blue, blue, blue tin foil. Best yeah. introduction into a podcast oh, that I've had. Really? Okay. <laughs> I'll let you get a word in now. Sorry. Yeah, why not? We'll give it a go. And look, you know. <laughs> pressure for that mm. so I asked Derek to come along today um, I met Derek about a year ago and he's probably no definitely the first person who I have uh, listened to around training with communication who I just went oh my god I have to share that with my partner that is just so so useful in terms of how he runs his business not in terms of that relationship oh, okay yeah yeah <laughs> don't don't go into that you know yeah, leave that alone, leave that alone. No, I thought it was so fantastic. So um, just in terms of I'm always telling people about how valuable and vital communication is in the outsourcing world. So to have you here today is absolutely amazing. So I'm going to do a quick intro. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, you've been in um, education and training for 30 years, even though you look like you're only 30. Oh, you, um, I turned 55 last week. Oh, wow. And my mother rang me up and said, congratulations, you can now become a member of a retirement village. Oh! <laughs> That's like the worst phone call yeah. ever. I know, I know. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I, I, I'm really old. But anyway, <laughs> I, I don't feel old. It's like the, imma- the immaturity is finally working for me. Ah. Oh, man, that, that is so good. I'm hanging yeah. out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. my immaturity is going to make me seem younger when I'm older. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it, at 25, I was a giant baby man, but at 55, I'm just young at heart. <laughs> Free-spirited. <laughs> mm. oh, I love it. Anyway. Get, anyway. Just, uh, yeah, uh, can you uh, believe that this baby man... <laughs> giant baby man. Giant baby man was a teacher at a school for 10 years as well. I was, yeah, in Warrnambool. It was, a, it was a community school for all of the kids who'd been struggling in mainstream schools. Like many country towns, big ones, they've got large high schools. Yep. And, and it was all the, 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 the kids who really struggled with, with like a 1,000 people in the one area. And they may not have been academically supported at home. So we had about 17 kids. Yeah, in a tiny little school and two teachers running an entire high school curriculum. Holy um, manoli! It was really good fun. Um, we only had about six kids if the surf was offshore or the fish were running off the breakwater, um, <laughs> but we knew where to find them. But, um, and I did that for about six and a half years, and it really actually taught me more about adult education and negotiation yeah. and consultation um, and what was possible to do within teams. 
um, because those kids just did not like being told what to do. So everything was negotiated and built around their interests. So if you liked fishing, you would do a major project on the geography, maths, science, English, art, um, even physical and, and, and construction and woodwork sides of fishing. Until you hated fishing. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, we, um, you know, so it was all about reaching reluctant participants, which is yeah. pretty much what I still help people with today, to be honest. Well, isn't that what adult education's all about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how many people might be sitting in a workshop right now dealing with the fact their boss doesn't like them? Yes. My boss reluctantly manages me or I reluctantly allow myself to be managed. It's all the same stuff. Yeah, um, I, I hear that. that is a different discussion. Yeah, all mm. the time. Absolutely. Mm. So now you're doing, you're doing work, you know, around the training and consulting. You've got mm. a particular IP that we're going to get into a little bit later, sure. but you've done work for WorkSafe, Officeworks, yes. Coles, yes. NRMA, all the big names. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much my entire client portfolio is top 100 companies or pretty prominent government departments. Which is why you're here today. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean that to happen. Um, <laughs> really, it's, I'm doing some work with the blood service at the moment on circles of influence. And the reality is I left high school teaching, got a job at Coles Meyer writing supermarket training for Coles. Yeah. And that put me in a really large HR training space. And pretty much that network still throw me bones. And they just go from one big to another big. Yeah. So it, it's really that those 15 people who you connected with when you were all in the trenches and building and showing your work ethic in that real frontline way. Yes. That's what gets me work today is, is people who know what my work ethic is when I didn't have any power or influence. <laughs> I kept coming, I kept turning up and giving things a go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Very fortunate. Well, as they say, the harder you work, the luckier you are. That, that's it. Mm. So I had, yeah, I know sometimes that's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was having a look at your new, well, not new, but what you're focusing on now, which is mm. your learn, teach and explore model. Yes. Can you explain to me um, a bit more in words rather than, you know, like oral words instead of me reading it, what you mean by that? I'll try oral words. Your communication skills. Because I cannot sign. I know no Auslan at all. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> learn, teach, explore. Can I give you a little bit of how I do it's, it's It's a model that I've developed because I realised, and this is not me criticising the training industry, but it's my opinion yeah. that we don't train people with the right assumptions in communication. So if I just get your listeners to think about when you've done communication skills training, if you've done some at all, we tend to under-train in that area. Um, whether you went to a communication skills course or it was an influencing skills course and then you might have done a conflict management course and then a difficult discussions course, performance management, coaching, sales, service. There's all these different ways. We actually start with the situation. Mm. And so what I noticed was training all of those courses as a communication skills person, especially for the Australian Institute of Management, I, I'm a subby for them. I noticed that when it got to that four or five step model for how to do it in real time, you know, how to deal with an angry person, how to have a one-on-one -on -one, um, performance-based discussion, mm -hmm. how to do a performance appraisal, how to coach. All the models were the same. 
if you looked at them in a certain way, if you took the situation out. So if you looked at it, not as a conflict management model, but as a staged real-time communication process, what happened over about a five-year period, I started to see that it was all the same. Every single model, no matter what it was, started with the person driving the communication, the manager, or the salesperson, or the VA who's outsourcing, Mm -hmm. asking questions and listening. And by the way, in communication skills training, traditionally, we train listening before the break and then questioning after the break. And yet questioning and listening kind of happen at the same time in real life. So we, we don't train it right. And, and so every model starts with questions and listening in a block. And then it goes to the second part of all these models, which is you suddenly start explaining and suggesting things, which is literally statement making. Never described as statement making, but it's I'm now not listening and asking questions. I'm now making statements. And then it becomes a two-way conversation every single time. And so what I thought was, well, maybe there's a chance to invent something new and holistic um, where all I do is take the situation out and go, basically, let's assume there's only three modes of communication. There's questioning and listening. There's statement making. And then there's having a two-way conversation. That's it. That's all communication is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's proving to be right. Now, at the same time, I was looking at trigger words and the idea of the idea of putting a word in your head. So, um, for example, in customer service, my belief is if you walk into any retail environment, the service person assisting you has a word in their head. It could be bored. It could be broken up with boyfriend, girlfriend. That's a sentence, not a word, but it's, it could be sad. It could be resentful. It could be helpful. But whatever the word is in their head, that's what they're being. That's what they're doing and saying describes. Um, So I thought, well, okay, I've got these three modes of communication. Question, asking, questioning and listening, statement making, conversation. What three words would drive them to produce instant best practice? Instant best practice. So for questioning and listening, the word is learn. If I'm putting the word learn in my head, Curiosity turns up usually in about 15 or 20 seconds with the thousands of people I've done role plays with. And then instantly all that stuff you've read in books that you pay thousands of dollars to go to courses to attend. I'll give you a classic example, active listening. I'll get, I'll get you and your listeners to, to imagine that, that the dot points under that subheading in the communication skills section of every course you've attended. And, you know, I might ask you, Rosie, off the cuff, what is active listening? What are the dot points under that subheading usually say? Active listening. So repeating things. So focus, listen, eye contact. Eye contact. Eye contact. Yes. Repeating things back so that yes. you show that you're understanding. Yep. Um, and what, What's nodding. the body language? Nodding. Nodding's good. And, body and, language, yeah. yeah. Open body language. Yeah. I love that. Because what the hell is open body language until you ask people to do it and they can just do it? And this is the penny dropping. Why are we showing people dot points that say direct eye contact, nodding? It, it, I think it's based on an assumption that people have never listened before. Uh, because why would I give you such overtly behavioural and simple? I, it, it's, it's crazy. We're actually being, we've actually been training people to listen and ask questions with the assumption they've never done it. And yet you and I and everybody else on planet Earth have been doing it since birth. 
Yes. So what I thought was, I'll play around with the reverse assumption. What if we actually did communication training with the assumption everybody has 100% of the required skills? And then we enter the modern world of mindfulness and focus and empathy. So what if I didn't have to work on any of my skills at all? So I've just basically screwed up 20 pages of a workbook and three hours of your life, thrown them in the bin and replaced them literally with put the word learn in your head, give a crap about the person you're about to talk to and ask them where do they see themselves in five or 10 years time. That's the activity I run. What happens is they turn to that person. Well, you've got 10 people turning to another person. There might be 20 in the class. Mm -hmm. And they ask the first question with the word learn in their head. The person responds. And then with the word learn in their head, they start to nod. They start to use direct eye contact. The body language is open. They start to repeat and paraphrase. And they start to ultimately care and ask what I call the next right question. And then they start to ask the next right question. And all of a sudden, they are literally being the book that we've been introducing people to for the last 50, 60 years in workplace training. And I can get them there in 30 seconds. Yep. And then I go to teach, which is obviously explaining and suggesting with the word teach in your head. People slow down. They pause. They start to repeat key things because they have that empathic view of the teacher, which is I want you to understand this. I don't just want to get my point across. (laughs) And then with the word explore, it's a true two-way conversation. We're open-minded. We're brainstorming. We're problem solving. And the word may go from explore to problem solve. Or in sales, the word may go from explore to close but these trigger words will give you best practice instantly without any effort whatsoever and it's transformational i love that it just they're trigger words to pull all that information you already have all the things you already do and mm. this is because that is the outcome that you're looking for Instead yeah only- to communicate you need to do dot 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 to yeah. communicate you need to Mm. help you need to yeah exactly Exactly. and the problem is i can't make any money off it because i now train people to be instantly better holistic communicators in about 60 minutes and they're instantly better and they go away and they do stuff and they don't need me anymore so how are you going to fix that well what i do is i've got a whole bunch of strategic variations about 50 so once you've learned to learn teach explore for example with cgu work cover I've trained the entire work cover claims team in Victoria in how to learn, teach, explore. So they all use it with customers on the phone, right? Which is beautiful. But then when I was running a leadership workshop with the team leaders a couple of months ago, I said, well, you know, learn, teach, explore. Here's here's, Here's the variation for giving feedback. And I said, all I want you to do is read the slide for 60 seconds and do a role play. And they read it for 60 seconds. They did a role play and everyone did it. But I said, great, we're 20 minutes in. Now let's look at one-on-one skills coaching. Have a read of the slide. You know, learn, teach, explore. So you know the flow of the discussion. Here's just some simple strategies. Read for 60 seconds. Next role play with a 10-minute discussion. Yeah. And I think the last one was uh, difficult discussions and conflict. Mm-hmm. So I actually trained three subjects that usually take a day to train in 20 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Because... They've been, they've been given the building block. So the idea is to go and learn, teach, explore an entire workplace and then people can just grab a card with the variation that they require because they're about to say no to their boss 
<laughs> or sit down and have a sales discussion or an outsourcing discussion when you're like, for example, in the work that you do, if you're outsourcing, I always suggest get the person you're outsourcing to, to ask you a bunch of questions to mm-hmm. show how smart they are. Smart questions equal smart people. Or if you want to find out what they do, don't tell them about your business and what you want from them. Give them a chance to answer questions. Like, mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I would suggest learn, then teach, and then explore as a generic model for every business conversation because it, it, it's certainly the, that's best practice. If you, all I've done is retrofit this concept over all the things I've been training for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, 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 that's the mad professor rant over <laughs> so was that really long and boring i do you know what no, no no not at all no i love that and i'm trying to, that's that's not my board face that's my thinking <laughs> that's that, that's my entire model by the way if you if, if if you send me an email i'll send you the 50 variations learn yeah. to explore. it's pretty much three trigger words in a process you're right yeah. to go. you're good to go fantastic <laughs> there you go don't need to pay you for anything no, no, that's it. So I'm going broke with a good idea, honestly. Um, the only where we, my, I'm married to a VA, mm. and so we're both trying to find a way to monetize it because it's hard, you know. Like I'm looking for an entrepreneur who might want to turn it into something like accreditation and that kind of stuff. But oh. it's just a really good idea because the other reality is training is now two hours. It used to be two days. No one's got the time, so I had to do this work to have a job. Yeah, but people now will pay for two-hour training blocks for their people, what they would have paid for two days in the past. But you've got to give them a complete end-to-end course that has the same value as the two-day course. Which you have. Well, luckily, because most two-day courses used to be just someone like me ranting and raving and, do you know what I mean? Smoking a pipe and wearing loafers in the front of the room going, here's another story. While everyone falls asleep. (laughs) That's it. it. (laughs) Yeah, so you're helping, you know, with... With streamlining that learning process, absolutely uh, giving people the confidence that they already have the skills they need. That's the key bit, yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, I was having a look at one of the the role plays you were talking about, set in a cafe, where yes. um, people put the word. What was it? Um, it's the word uh, too busy in their head. Help! No, no, no! Help! help. Yeah, yeah. And seventy five percent of people in the room that you were doing that with the first time you did that. Then, like, they all went and had a look at the checklist of what they should have done and they had at least 75% uh, tick rate already without having done any training. And so then you're just assuming that they come with those skills, which gives people credit where credit's due, and I love that. I run that role play in the first 10 minutes of a lot of training sessions because after 10 minutes, before they've done the the introductions and stuff, because they're and I say, okay, so what did you just learn? They go, well, we can do what's in the book. So you prove to them they've got the skills. I said, okay, so why aren't you always in your own mind or in your manager's mind, whomever's mind, why aren't you getting the sales? Why aren't you actually being a person of influence? Yeah. And it gets them looking at their psychology and their fears and their resentments and those sorts of things because there's no longer uh, a skills barrier. We've removed the skills barrier because it was never there to begin with and we start looking at the things that actually matter. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Yep. Oh, all right. (laughs) So um, for those of you who want to see this, the crossfade, there's going to be this big dramatic crossfade on the video because my computer completely gave me the blue screen of death just then and I had a little mini heart attack but we're back on mm. and, 
Um, Derek's freaking out thinking she shut this down because oh, I was no. so boring. I was just playing bass for five Were minutes. You? It was great. Yeah, no. Give us a bit of ditty. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, a little bit. Have you got a banjo there? Can you go ding, 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 ding. In the cupboard, I've got a ukulele, but it's all locked away. Well, I've, got, I've got, again, wrong photo. This is the serious... Oh, that's right. That's right. Rosie, training consultant. Help him with the blue steel. <laughs> the blue steel. Yes. <laughs> so having two people, just a little handy here for people, having two people with the attention span of a gnat is mm. probably not a really great idea. But we're having so much fun. It's all good. Yep, there was one thing that, um, that I was talking to Derek about before we started recording the first bit of this, mm. and that was around um, self-esteem in business. And I, I reckon that there are so many people around me, including myself, who would benefit from hearing what sure. Derek said. So, Derek, can you please repeat what you said to me about how you've applied self-esteem to your business or lack thereof? Yeah, lack thereof. Um, well, just to give you a quick overview, I only got into running my own business when I was made redundant by Country Road by the HR director who then made herself redundant in the meeting afterwards. <laughs> so, like, so, basically, I was in the HR department and we got made redundant. And um, it's the risk of being poached in at a high salary is that um, if the business isn't doing well, you'll be the first person to go. So anyway, I was made redundant and, and um, I was 38 or 39, 37. And it was like, well, what do I do? I've never been unemployed. So, so they said, oh, we'll give you six counseling sessions. So it's great. What, what, what do you mean? He goes, oh, this person will, I said, so hang on. Someone's getting paid to hear me talk about myself. I'd, I'd, I'd pay them. But so I thought this was great. So someone's going to help me out. I'd never listen to them. If they had money to pay the counsellor, yeah. <laughs> you the money? You wouldn't have needed counselling. I don't want counselling. I just want the cash. Yeah. Mm, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't work out that way. It's a good point though. Um, but I'm glad I went. Anyway, so I, I went to this guy and I was, he, he was surprised how positive I was. And I said, well, you know, I've, I tend to be on the, on the positive side, right? Um, so anyway, he, he gave me this career anchor quiz and the career anchor quiz tells you why you work and what work ethic is. And I tested high for work-life balance and technical expertise. I said, well, what does this mean? He goes, don't go for another job in a big business because they'll keep pushing you to be a manager and you don't want to be a manager. You want to remain technically excellent. That's what lights you up. And I went, you are right. He also says, you've got a hobby, haven't you? I said, yeah, I write musical theatre. He goes, you need time to do that. So run, he said, here's what you should do. Become a consultant and charge double what you were earning as a salaried person. Write training for people. Never build your business. <laughs> um, never put anyone on. Just basically find a rate that gives you enough freedom to do other things, but make enough money, but don't be greedy. Yeah. No worries. So with that, with that, that was why I started my consultancy. Um, it, I had nothing else to do. And so I just hung up a shingle and bought a phone, handed out some cards, and then people started ringing. Now, interestingly, my wife's VA business started exactly the same way. She just basically started. Now she's full on. Anyway, so I had to work out a way of being in business with my mindset of not really necessarily caring about being in business, but doing the work and caring about my clients. So the business model is tough. Equally, I'm not entrepreneurial, I'm not ambitious. So, so I, I decided this, if they think I can do it, 
then that beats me thinking I can do it. Because I don't know about you, I have days where my esteem becomes ego and that's no good to me. And when my esteem becomes passivity and a lack of self-esteem, that's no good to me. And I'm not in control of that. Not completely. Or I could be if I spent all my time doing nothing more than prayer, meditation and mindfulness exercises, but then I wouldn't be doing any work. So the way I've run my business is I take my self-esteem out of it. I have a complete nut of faith that they're actually risking more on me than I am on them. Yeah. All right. If you give me a sales team and tell me they need to produce $3 million more annual sales a year based on my training, for example, and that's happened. Who's the, who's the one who's taking more risk? They're taking a way bigger risk on me. All I'm risking is not getting them that money, but they'll still pay me for the work I do and then just not use me anymore. And that's okay because that happens. So I'm actually not taking any risks at all. So to allow myself to be really open-minded, playful, be able to get to the good stuff, IP like Learn, Teach, Explore, I just don't use self-esteem. I just don't bring it into the business. If they hire me, based on my reputation or if I've worked for them before, I absolutely believe that they're probably more right than I am. And it's never failed me. I love that so much. Like you have no idea how much I love that. It's a little point where you can put your ego aside because that is such a a handicap for so many of us and say, I'm putting my ego over here and I'm going to trust what you say because that's what people really struggle with. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't always work that way. If I think someone's really wrong and I'm really right, <laughs> um, <laughs> then, then at times I will very politely use Learn, Teach, Explore and ask them a series of questions where they see that for themselves. Yeah. And this is the thing about there's only questions and statements and silence. There are three options. That's where yeah. the model comes from. So, so what I've learned is when I... Basically, what I learned in the first five years is if I become ornery or an expert and tell them why something they want to happen won't work directly, it's the fact that it's in statement, not question form is one half of the problem. And two, no one likes being told their idea is bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, And so failing at that has allowed me to really challenge why I failed at that and where I can succeed. And it starts with just going, oh, and also, hey, maybe you know you're right. Like they know their people more than all I know is training, right? I've never, if I've never worked for that business, why would I know their people well enough to know, to challenge that idea they've got? Usually they're right and I'm right. And there's a hybrid that involves tailoring and and modifying what the theory says should work. Mm. Nothing unique and bespoke. And that's that's about open-mindedness. But equally, I just... It's it's like strategic not caring actually frees me up to care about the things that are worth caring about, which is cool ideas. And that's my point of difference. See, I, I'm hired because I come up with a new IP and I come up with, like, for example, I'm working with a council here in Melbourne on safety leadership. Yeah. And, and they said, we really want to do safety leadership. Is there a model? I said, not the way I know of, but how about we come up with one? Yeah. So in the proposal, I just knocked up a model on safety leadership and they liked it. I've got the job and it's new and it's fresh and it helps them out and everyone's. But, but, but to actually do that, it's got to feel like play. Yeah. Because, because here's, here's the opposite. Me being a fearful, controlling consultant and being scared to give my IP away until they sign on the dotted line. Yeah. 
And I read a book on screenwriting called Save the Cat. And this is a guy who sold 70 scripts to Hollywood. Only two movies got made. Yeah. His job was to sell the scripts, not get the movies made. He's just a writer. So a guy named Blake Snyder. And, and he basically says amateurs care about IP that way, but professional script writers will go on trains and buses and turn to a complete stranger and say, I've got a great idea for a movie, a good-looking, tomboyish, unlucky-in-love police detective goes undercover at the Miss America beauty pageant to catch a criminal. Does that sound like a good idea for a movie? And he, he does. And we've both seen that movie and there was a sequel. But, but he says it's the confidence and lack of ego to see if that idea would work with the people who are going to use it and, and, and pay him for it. That's what, that's what business is all about. So, Do all right. So Does that make sense? I love that. But devil's advocate, yes. the are often approached like, you know, oh, I want to do this and I want to do this. How could I do it? And if they just share willy-nilly, mm. it's fun and they've got no ego, often that time spent will just go down the Google because that person will go, sweet, thanks for that, and off they go. Yeah, yeah. That, that's happened to me once or twice. I will say a couple of things. I used to play in a, co- a wedding band, in a covers band, and I was ripping off Paul McCartney and the Eagles left, right and centre, never paid them a cent. So <laughs> I guess as a musician, um, I kind of see it from the other point of view. Look, the other thing is to, to, to come up with the idea quickly and give it to them quickly. Like, it, it, like the idea that it's a complete idea is not the truth. It's often just a quick model and a sketch of what could be, yeah. but it's enough for them to actually understand the concept. Really the trouble with VAs, and I live with one, is the time, well, there's two types of time, billable time, non-billable time. Yeah. And I always work with my business. I need four days of billable work a week. I can survive on two. Three is good. Four is the maximum because I need fifth day of billable work yep. to actually do non-billable stuff. And I work on three. Well, three, three is good for me. And thank God, I'm so grateful that I can get it. Yep. So it's about a proposal is non-billable. But, but you're also, it's your introduction to, to the, the, your introduction. They get to know your brand. They get to know your personality. They, get, they need to know those things. And I tend to find that I don't lose those jobs if there's something unique, I just assume they're talking to someone else who's more uncreative and more fearful than me. Mm. And, I, and I just basically work it that way. And, and once you do it a few times, you speed up and you get more efficient at doing it. Yeah. Um, but learn, teach, explore is an example of that. I, I have to show people the model to get the work, but once they've seen the model, they've got it. Yeah. But that, I find that it's human nature. It, we all love, like, for example, if I could give you the why, how, what Simon Sinek model with Simon Sinek or without Simon Sinek, which would you get? Yeah, with. <laughs> <laughs> so people like the idea of knowing someone who's come up with something, even if it's just a simple solution for their business, like an Instagram campaign for yeah. uh, one of my wife's clients is, a, is an artist who's never used Instagram to build her following. So Lisa does the research and suggests things, comes up with her own ideas and then just basically gives it away. She likes it, tells her friends, the business grows because it's that perception that's coming out of Lisa's brain. She is unique. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it is scary. You need to be brave, but then that's what we're supposed to be these days, brave. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that makes you stand out too, being brave, because, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's so easy to hold your cards close to your chest uh, mm. because, you know, there's so much fear out there. So yeah. that's why I'm loving this chat. It's so refreshing to have someone go, you know what, screw it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put that aside. I'm going mm. to do me. <laughs> but and I'm a massive fan of doing me. Yeah. So, but but the amount of times I've got a bit of paper and I start brainstorming something and only realising after I've done it, oh, God, that's IP and they've already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I let, and I let them keep the bit of paper. <laughs> but, but that's just, I, and I'm saying that's fine if you're someone like me who is quite a lateral thinker or whatever. If you're not, then you've got to find your own way of doing things. And, oh, yeah. Are you seeing all this stuff that's suddenly popping up on my screen? No, thankfully. Okay, great. Is it, is it inappropriate? It's just my mum sending me photos of herself wearing a swimsuit and she's 90. No, I'm only kidding. She's not. <laughs> hey, you said you did that off the top of your head. I'm so impressed. Oh, really? <laughs> you don't know my mother. She may be actually doing that. No, actually, with, <laughs> my mother is a challenge for me because every time we meet, she wants to talk about the funeral. Just plan it. Wow, so she's really into it. <laughs> But see, again, this is going back to Learn, Teach, Explore and, and, and what we were talking about before the, the blue screen of death. Like, we, you know that feeling of, oh, what, what should I say? You know that feeling, I don't know how to handle this situation. What do I say? And it seems like there's a thousand options, but you can't get to one. Yeah. With Learn, Teach, Explore, the first step is what should I ask, not what should I say is the first step. Because... Yeah. If every conversation starts with a question and you want to drive it, whenever you're attacked, whenever you're ambushed, whenever you're made by someone to feel uncomfortable, whenever you feel bullied, whenever you feel out of control or someone's really trying to do a head number on you, ask a question. Like the strategy's there. And so you never, you're never without a strategy to deal with someone ambushing you. Yeah. You just ask a question. Put the word learn in your head and the rest may just happen. Yeah. And, and, and groups leave my workshops going, thank you. I've never had a strategy for the thing that, that I'm so scared of, which is not being able to control a situation. But now you're telling me I don't need to control it. I just need to influence it with a question. Because you yeah. try and influence. And then we talk about dating. And, um, and I said, is, have you ever been on a date where all you've done is use statements with the other person? And did you get a second date? No. 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 So, 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 you see that on those episodes where they're just mm. so appalling. What is it, the first date or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can see watching those how not to have a conversation. Yes, yes. So it's like, it's like okay, if, I want, if we're on a date and I want to, I hope my wife's not going to listen to this. I'm only, I'm only just spitballing here. If I ask the other person a whole bunch of questions, they may actually like that and then I earn the right to explain a bit about me or yeah. they may ask me some questions. And it's the same in business. It's, act, it's actually the same dynamic. Mm. I take an interest in you. Like it's, like it's what Carnegie said in 36 with how to win friends and influence people, seek to understand before being understood. But we're left with a question, yeah, but how do I do that? Mm. And that's, again, where training often lets us down. Learn, teach, explore is literally the how do I do that. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes. With, with no self-esteem, take that off, put it on the shelf. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> no self-esteem, but it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yes. on that note, I am, we're going to wrap it up because I think that was absolutely wonderful and so many takeaways for people. 
Um, I've got a few ideas. I actually want to run past you just from that conversation. Yeah, sure. And thank you for sticking with me through the blue screen of Dare. It's fine. That, it's yeah. No problem. We made it work. It was all good. I have had such an absolute blast chatting with you. As have I. Um, it's been thank lovely. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed. Between now and our next session, I know you're going to be hanging out to take some action on outsourcing in your business. So head on over to virtuallyyours.com.au and you can download some information there about the best ways to outsource for business growth. If you're a virtual assistant, make sure you join us. We have an amazing virtual assistant community at Virtually Yours, Aussie VAs connecting and helping each other grow. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you at the next podcast.